0: you're listening to the itch a podcast exploring all things allergy asthma and immunology i'm your co-host courtney a real life allergy asthma and eczema girl and i'm your second host dr payal gupta a board certified allergy asthma and immunology doctor
1: courtney and i hope to balance each other out so that we get you all the information that you want and need about allergies asthma and immunology
0: In our first deep dive episode of 2020, we're actually releasing something re-recorded almost a year ago about immunology. The reason we're only getting to it now is that we had to cover so much on allergies and asthma that we didn't even get to the third strand of our podcast, which is immunology. So for those who don't know, Dr. G is an allergist immunologist, and what we will explore today on this episode is what she does as an immunologist, more about the immune system, and what can go wrong with it. If you're curious about allergies, make sure to check out our podcast archive. We have covered a lot of information on food allergies as well as environmental allergies and same with asthma. So what you'll learn today is that you'll see that whenever we talk about the immune system, it's never that straightforward. Before we jump into what an immunologist does, I think it's more important to understand what the immune system is. So Dr. Gupta, can you please give us a brief rundown of what the immune system does? So the immune
1: system is central to what we do as an allergist and immunologist. And essentially, it is a really complicated system. But what we need to know is that it's supposed to be the body's way of protecting itself from foreign invaders. So as we've mentioned before, the skin is the first-line protector, and then there are other cells in our bloodstream and lymph nodes that are always on the lookout for unwanted invaders. So the immune
0: system is our defense system.
1: Yep, exactly. It's our body's way to protect itself. However, the immune system can go wrong in a lot of ways. So it can underreact to foreign invaders. And that's really what we're talking about today, which is called an immune deficiency. And it can also overreact to things, as we've talked about, with allergies. So when it's overreacting to external things like foods in the environment, that's an allergy. And it can also overreact to things in our body. And that's called an autoimmune disease.
0: So there's a lot of moving parts within the immune system itself.
1: Yep. It's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different components working all the time together. But really, again, the main function is that it helps us fight against infection and protect us against those foreign invaders.
0: Can you give us some examples of what a foreign invader would be? So things
1: that are foreign invaders are things like viruses, bacteria, parasites, and
0: fungi. And how does the immune system work to fight against those evil guys? those infections? Well,
1: we're constantly coming into
0: contact with these things. For
1: example, when I'm out in the city on the subway system and someone has a viral infection or a cold and they cough, when they cough, they release all these small particles of spit into the air, which contains some of the proteins. Yeah, it's pretty gross. From that virus that they have and those proteins can enter into my system through my nose, my mouth. So the immunoglobulins that we've talked about before, they recognize these particles and they're ready to fight against them because they recognize the proteins as foreign. So once this happens, it's similar to how the body reacts to an allergen. The antigen and the antibody form a complex or a bond. And then a series of reactions takes place in the body, depending on what kind of a pathogen
0: encounters to kill the
1: foreign invader.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. If you've heard our other episode about allergies. But let's just, can I summarize? So the body sees a viral protein and that's like if someone coughs and they have a cold or they see a bacterial protein and then the antibodies recognize these proteins and bind to it. And that triggers other reactions in the body, which would cause the body to kill the bacteria or virus, right? Yep. Exactly.
1: So the body recognizes the bacteria or the virus, and then a series of reactions happen to try to get rid of that bacteria or virus from the body.
0: Okay. So what causes an immune deficiency? I think the
1: simplest way to think about this is that primarily two things can go wrong in the system. Either the cells that detect the foreign invaders don't work properly, or there aren't enough of these cells that help detect and fight against the infection. Because the immune system has so many different parts, it can be affected at so many different points in the system. So it's a lot to cover and probably would be more confusing than helpful. So I think the best way to, again, kind of think about it is this, that sometimes there's not enough cells to help fight. And sometimes the cells just aren't working well.
0: Okay. So does that mean that there are different types of immune deficiencies then because there are different parts at which the immune system works, like different levels? Yeah, exactly. So there's many, many
1: different types of immune deficiencies. Some are so severe that they actually present in the first few weeks of a baby's life and others might not really be diagnosed until someone's 20, 30, 40, or 50 years old.
0: And how would someone know they have an immune deficiency, Like, especially like with a baby? How do you know that? Or Or how do you know if you have one at 50? Like, how does that get diagnosed?
1: Yeah, so we'll talk about both. But let me first give you an example of a patient that I recently saw. So 30-year-old patient, and she came to me because she always feels like she's on antibiotics. She's actually had pneumonia that was diagnosed with a chest X-ray several times in her life. And she's also had lots of sinus infections. And in addition, she seems to need more antibiotics to fight these infections than somebody else that would get a normal infection. So that means she gets put on an antibiotic and then after 10 days of the antibiotic she's still not feeling well and she gets put on another antibiotic. So she just needs more medications to kind of even get her to feeling normal. So, you know, she came to me as an immunologist to see if there might be something wrong with her immune system. She was sent by her primary care doctor because of his concerns about her immune system.
0: Okay, so she just seems to be getting infection after infection after infection.
1: Yep, exactly. And people with immune deficiency will have symptoms related to the infections like the bacteria, the fungi or the viruses. And because their body can't fight the infection normally, they need more medications like antibiotics, which we use to treat the bacterial infections. And they also need, like I said, stronger antibiotics than other people with a normal immune system. So, you know, we can all get sick, but we shouldn't be getting sick over and over again.
0: So if you have or you feel like you're always getting infections, is that at the point at which you would go to see an immunologist. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it never hurts to
1: see a specialist if you're worried that you might have a problem, especially with your immune system.
0: What's in place for someone who has immune dysfunction? Like what treatments can they get? Do they vary depending on what you have? Yeah, they
1: definitely vary depending on what type of immune deficiency you have. Sometimes we have to give somebody an extra immunoglobulin to help them fight infections. Sometimes they're put on antibiotics every day of their life to help protect them. And sometimes we actually have to do what we call a bone marrow transplant to help kind of reinstate their immune system altogether if it's really not working. So there's a lot of different
0: types of treatments. allergy world would be a million dollar question and I'm wondering if it's the same in immune dysfunction world do we know what causes immune dysfunction is it genetic is it bad luck is it a big question mark Yeah. I mean, well, some of the immune deficiencies
1: can be genetic and there's a family history of another relative having a similar problem. So it doesn't always have to be the parent. It could be an uncle, could be an aunt that also had similar infections and maybe passed away early. And that's a trigger that maybe something was going on with their immune system that didn't get figured out. You know, so asking about the family history is definitely something that we do. And sometimes it can occur as a new dysfunction, which is not seen in other family members. So there's a lot of again, lots of different types. It sounds like it can be hard to diagnose then. It depends. I mean, some of the immune deficiencies are more rare and the diagnosis can only be made through really special lab tests and usually at larger centers. Again, for the newborns, there's also a screening test in a lot of states where they can actually detect one of the more severe immunodeficiencies called severe combined immunodeficiency. And it's also called SCID, which basically leads to life-threatening infections unless the immune system can be restored through again bone marrow transplant. Enzyme replacement therapy is also something that they're using or even gene therapy for these babies. So the sooner this is diagnosed the better because when a baby's immune system isn't working properly they're at high risk of getting sick really fast and obviously that's not good.
0: My God, that sounds so scary. Do they test every baby
1: then? Yeah, in certain states they do. So it's not a universal in every single state, but I think um, the majority of states actually do have this now.
0: So... The babies get tested very young if most states have them. Now going back to your example of the 30 year old patient, what would you do for her in her case? So she comes with all these infections, what would be the next step for her?
1: Great question. For that particular patient, after getting a really clear history of everything that's been going on and making sure that I am truly worried about her immune system, I would do a series of blood tests to look at the numbers of cells that she has in her body to fight infection and also test to see if they're functioning properly. Essentially, not to go into too much detail, we can check the function of certain immunoglobulins by looking at the response that the patient has to certain vaccines. It's essentially just a series of blood tests that look at the functioning and the numbers of cells.
0: And what would an example of an immune deficiency be for an adult? Because you talked about skid, but what other types of immune deficiencies are out there?
1: Yeah, there's so many different types of immune deficiency. And again, it depends on which cell in the defense line isn't working. There's something called a T cell, which mostly helps and detects and fights against viruses. And then the B cells, which we've talked a lot about, mostly help and fight against bacteria, like in this patient, because we're worried about bacterial infections for her. So for her in particular, when the B cells aren't working properly and they have more bacterial infections and a history of pneumonias and the sinus infections, the thing that we're most worried about, especially in her age group, something that presents later is called common variable immunodeficiency.
0: Okay, I've never heard of that. Would there be anything else? I've heard? I'm just like digging to see if I've heard of an immune deficiency. Is there anything else I could have heard of? Well, I mean, you know, since
1: sometimes when you don't have something, you might not have heard of it. And thankfully you don't have an immune deficiency. And for a while we called immune deficiency zebra disorders, because we thought that they occurred so infrequently. But again, now, especially with things like CBID or the common variable immune deficiency, we actually realize that it's a lot more common than we thought. And so any patient that seems to be getting sick often, we look at their immune system just to make sure that it's functioning properly. So I know you haven't heard of a lot of these things, but I think it's just mostly because fortunately you're not affected by that. But I know that we did have somebody on our Instagram that actually had CBID
0: Yeah, we did, and we'll get to her question after, I think, at the end, because I think we have a little bit more to cover before we can answer her question. And there's a little bit more I need to learn before I can understand her question. So you're treating both an overreacting and an underreacting immune system as an allergist, if I understand that correctly. Um, And is there a difference between an allergist and an immunologist? Because allergies seem to be dependent on the immune system. So I'm not sure what the difference is between an allergist and an immunologist. Do you think you can clarify a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, there isn't a difference.
0: So since
1: allergies are mediated by the immune system, an allergist needs to understand how the immune system works. And during our training, we actually learn about the immune system super in depth and we understand how it's supposed to function. And we also learn all the ways that it doesn't function properly. So again, just going back to the basics, when an immune system overreacts to an external thing, it's called an allergy. When it's reacting against itself, it's called an autoimmune disease. And when it's not reacting properly, then we call it an immune deficiency. So these are all the different ways that an immune system can go awry. And as an allergist immunologist, I work with the immune system that's not working properly in the sense of you're getting too many infections or when it's overreacting to the external environment like food allergens and environmental
0: allergens. Are there doctors who are just immunologists? Yeah,
1: so there are doctors who Prefer to treat just allergies or some that prefer just to treat immune deficiencies, immune disorders. But most allergist immunologists will see both types of patients. And again, some of the severe cases of immune disorders will most likely go to a large hospital or become really sick, and then they'll end up seeing an allergist immunologist that works in the hospital. So my colleagues that work in the hospital are seeing different types of immune disorders
0: than I am out in the That's really interesting. I mean, that there's such a variation within the immune system and all of the different disorders. So we've talked about the overreactive and underreactive immune system. And you've mentioned briefly something autoimmune disorder. Can you go into that? And is that something that you also treat? So
1: yeah, like I said, there is another area where the immune system can not work properly. And that's when the immune system starts reacting against its own body. And that's what we call an autoimmune disease, which means that that the body is reacting against itself. So an example of that would be something like lupus. And, you know, in lupus, the body starts reacting against the skin cells, sometimes against the kidneys. So a lot of these disorders will actually be managed by another subspecialty within medicine. And that type of doctor is called a rheumatologist. There are some allergy and immunology training programs where they combine all three of these immune disorders an allergist, immunologist, rheumatologist, and these doctors kind of treat all three types of patients. But generally speaking, most allergist immunologists focus on the environmental and food allergies and also the underreacting immune system and not as much on the autoimmune system.
0: I really think there's like enough for you guys to <laughs> deal with, eh, just on the overreacting and underreacting systems. Uh, and now I think I get a better grasp of what's going on in the immune system. I think we can get to Chris question. Kristen asked us on Instagram, why does having a primary immune disease I have CVID, put you at higher risk for developing autoimmune diseases. I have lupus and transverse myelitis. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, It's confusing to me because PI is a weak immune system, but autoimmune disease is an overreactive immune system. How can somebody have both?
2: The body is super complex. And although it
0: seems like the immune system
2: is just one thing, as we've discussed, it's actually a lot of cells that are working within the immune system at the same time. And having an immune deficiency in one area, like the IgG is working properly, doesn't mean that you can't have IgE antibodies that can cause allergies or that you can't have things like lupus where your body is reacting against itself. So if one part of the immune system is missing cells to function properly, it doesn't mean that another part can't still overreact.
0: Does that make sense? So you can have an underreacting and an overreacting immune system at the same time. Yep.
2: And different immune cells can work while others don't work as well. And some can overreact, some can underreact. The whole system is very complicated and full of a lot of moving parts.
0: And how can someone with immune dysfunction which i believe kristen called it pi which is primary immune disease, how can they manage that? And what advice would you give them when they come into your office? Well, I mean, honestly, a management question we can't really
2: get into. I really need to understand more of what's going on with Kristen. Like I said, for the CVID patients, she would get external immunoglobulin. And then for her autoimmune diseases, she would be treated with other medications. So there's different medications for the different disorders, and they would all need to be coordinated together and make sure that all the side effects are being monitored and that she's being monitored very closely by her doctors.
0: No, I think my new favorite saying is every body is different because there are so many parts to the whole. And I'm learning more and more about this, just like with the immune system. You know, we have one system and there are so many tiny things that are in it that can affect you in so many ways. So I think this was another amazing deep dive into one part of our, you know, allergies, asthma and immunology into understanding what's going on in the body. And I want to think Kristen for sending her question and being so open with us about what's going on in her body and helping us learn a little bit more about immune deficiency in you know a real life context and if you have any questions about allergies asthma or immunology please send them to us because this is what helps us understand what you guys are interested in learning and what you're interested in talking about in general because what we're here to do is give you the most informed information possible Thank you for listening to today's
1: episode. Remember that all information you hear today is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a second, help spread the word by rating our podcast and sharing with your friends and family who might also be interested in learning more about allergies, asthma, and immunology. You can always stay up to date by checking out our Instagram, The Itch Podcast, where you can leave questions you are itching to know, or check out our website, which is www.itchpodcast.com, which contains more information about the subjects we covered in today's episode and every episode. Until next time, have a fabulous week.